0: Morning, y'all. Well, now that Amy's here, we can get started. Ba ching! Alright. I know lots of people are like, did I beat Greg here? Yes! It's not a difficult feat by any means, but. You know, it's funny, because I've been here for 22 and a half years or so, and. Uh, I just keep moving further away. <laughs> it's like, man, I used to live right up the street. So, uh, Okay. Well, Jesus, we thank You for Your Word to us this morning. And God, what we pray is that uh, You would pair this Word with Your Holy Ghost. Uh, God, uh, no one has, has come to hear my commentary on Your Word. Lord, God, what we've come to hear is a message from You. And God, what we pray is that You would do that very thing uh, in this place, God, that You would prosper the Word, that You'd plant it, that You would water it, that You would bring the increase, Jesus, and that You would uh, just prosper Your Word. And as You said, that it would not return to You void, but that it would accomplish the thing that You sent it to do. And God, that's our confidence today, Lord Jesus, that You're going to get these things done in our life. God, and I just pray that You would give us hearts to receive and ears to hear, Jesus. And that you would accomplish in this uh place this morning exactly what you want done, that you'd say exactly what you would say. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's go to Hebrews four. We've been talking a lot lately about rest and about circumcision and and kind of how the two are, are tied together and everything lately. And uh I was still rather um rather hung up on the subject, not well, not hung up, but I was still thinking about it yesterday and uh so Hebrews four came to mind um, I might back up just a little bit here into Hebrews three. I learned that from somebody uh so in in hebrews three um, uh eighteen says to whom and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not, so we see they couldn't enter in because of unbelief, and that's a dangerous little piece of stuff to read because of course he's summarizing everything that he just said, but uh for this morning, suffice it to say Uh, that he he said they could not enter in because of unbelief. And I I like how that leads right into four. He says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So, you know, we talked about, uh, maybe it was last week or the week before, we talked about fear a bit. And um, that, and that, that sense of the fear of the Lord and this is that same word again this this word is where we get the word phobia from so so there is the sense of like terror with it but but it's also the word that they used for reverence and and of course that's more what he's i think he's talking I think both of those senses uh really apply well here because um you know we uh one of the things that i see in the in the church nowadays and i should have my mirror right here is is the 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 lack of reverence that that the church has um that you know and and fear is a good word for that uh, you know the the fear of the lord i remember um you know it used to be a a a positive thing to have somebody describe you as a god-fearing person and uh uh, you know, it, I think if somebody described me that way, I would take that as a as a compliment. Um, nowadays, it's like, oh, good. I'm glad that somebody could see it. <laughs> but um, so it's easy to to just be comfortable inside the walls, and uh, and to to have that sense of. Um, Certainty that you know that, that God loves you, and, and that, that you've got you've got His His grace in your back pocket for you know uh, that whatever need may arise, and and lose that sense of reverence, that, that, that holy fear of you know not wanting to displease Him or, or not wanting to come up short of of the things that, that He would have us to, to be or to do. Um. So, but he says in this verse here, he's like that we should. He said, "Let us fear lest this promise of entering into his rest that we should come short of it." So, so could you come short of it then? Could you miss it? Could. Um. And I like this word rest. Literally means to repose down. So it's like used like. Uh, of a a place it's not so much a state of of mind or state of being as it is a place it's used as an abode or a dwelling and uh, so uh, you know of course he's just finished talking about how they they spent four years in the wilderness because they didn't they didn't enter into his rest so coming into Canaan and trusting that God was going to give them the land in the first place would have been entering into his rest and uh, so of course they came short of it so we have this this cautionary tale that we can read in the Old Testament about coming up short of of, of trusting God in the things that he would have to do so so he says that he said let us therefore fear." Lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. so you can listen to the Word of God and you can you can hear what somebody has to say and not really hear it you know uh, that's one of those weird things in English that uh you know, we we use the same word for so many different things, and and it doesn't mean the same thing because you can hear somebody and not not hear them, and you all know what I mean. But if I were to be more precise, you know, you could listen to the words that somebody is saying, but not heed them or not apply them to yourself, not take them seriously. And uh, and that's what he's saying here. You know, they, I mean, they heard what he had to say. You know, because God had. Uh, you know, for 400 years they had this this promise. You know, it must have felt like a myth to them of, you know, that you know after 400 years this deliverer will come and and we're going to leave Egypt and all this stuff, and uh, and so then they they went out into the wilderness and and if, as you read through uh, Deuteronomy especially, you get this. I mean, Moses makes no bones about just pleading with them to. Listen to what I've told you. Don't, you know, don't just hear it, but you know, heed it. Pay attention to it and do it. Um, and Daniel did this great study with the kids a few weeks ago about the, the mountain of blessings and the mountain of cursings. And, uh, and I was itching for him to get to this one particular verse, and I was so glad that he did because Moses says, he's like, so today I've set before you good and life and death and evil. Therefore, choose life. So, you know, uh, as any wise parent knows, you have to make things pretty plain, you know, and uh, uh, about what your expectations are. I mean, you know, being an employer is kind of the same thing, or a manager, a supervisor, or whatever, you have to make your expectation really plain. And it's a good thing that Mike does that, because at work I'm like, oh, I don't know, whatever well actually we're we're really blessed God has got has given us some really great great guys that they they like what they do and they're better at it than I ever thought about being so it's really awesome because you can just just throw money at them and they make it happen okay, that's just an aside um so so the children of Israel then they had all of this word preached to them all of this uh uh, all of this uh expectation that they should have had that they were going to show up at Canaan and God was going to give them the land, so you know it profited Joshua and Caleb because they showed up and they saw the promised land they you know they saw the saw the grapes and and all the, they saw the people too they they saw the big giant people, but they weren't put off by it like the other ten spies were so for them. The word preached profited them because it was mixed with faith, and that's what they told everybody. When, once everybody got to grumbling, and who knows that isn't a contagious thing? It's like, oh, this isn't going to work. You know, of course, that's why when they got to Jericho, they were commanded to be silent as they went around the walls. Um, you know, in, in my my just my life experience, that's I've, uh, I've always been a big complainer, a big Big baby whiner. And uh, um, I have seen how contagious it is and how, how detrimental it is because once you start complaining, it's like having poison ivy and having itch. And then you, you scratch it, and it feels good for a few seconds, and then it feels worse, and then it itches even more, and then you really want to complain. And, and then before you know it, you're, you know, it's just a big disaster. So, um, you know, and and of course, complaining is like that or, or this, you know, you know, if I could apply it to this, that sense of doubt of this isn't going to work because that's what the 10 spies came back with. You know, Joshua and Caleb came back with God given us the land. Let's let's do this. And and everybody else said, no, this isn't going to work. So it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it except for these two guys. And he says, for they which, we which have believed, do enter into his rest. As he said, as I've sworn my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So, that's kind of confusing to follow what he's saying there, but... Um, the the sense of belief then is is coming into the rest, um, and uh, it, it you you can almost say this is the key that opens the door into that that dwelling place that that is rest, and um, and he said that God rested from his works because the works were done from the foundation of the world. So when you go and, and read in Genesis two says that on the seventh day, he he rested. But he was he, he made everything, and it was great. And so, uh, our perspective on life doesn't really uh, give us this sense of everything's all wrapped up. You know, that's, and that, but that's what faith does. You know, faith is this is all, all squared away. This is all done. You know, I, I loved... That, that message. I just keep going back to that message that Nonpet preached a couple years back about how God declares the end of the thing at the beginning. And then it's like you just have this little rope between you and there and all you got to do is follow it. It's like being on a train. You don't have to worry about a train making a wrong turn. I mean, I suppose they have those little things. If you've watched the movies and they're like, go oh, at the last second and then the train goes off this way or whatever. But, I mean, you really can't get off the Tracks on a train, and still get where you're going, you know. And, um, you know, that's what's what. It's what serving God is like. It's like getting your ticket, getting on the train, and it's it's going there, and that's where it's going to end up. So. I think it's really precious that he goes back to the sense of God resting on the seventh day because it said that he saw everything that he did and that it was good. And so there's this, you know, when you finish something, especially something kind of challenging, there's this sense of accomplishment that you just kind of want to sit back and be like, "Ha! Huh, well, that was, now that's done and excellent. And so so God's sense of things being finished is, that, is really that final. When, he, when, when Jesus uh, gave up the ghost, it says, he said, it is finished. And then he gave up the ghost. And so um, so that's an interesting thing to ask yourself. You know, it's like, so do I, do I believe that, that my salvation is that finished? That, that it's that much of a finished product? And uh, of course, I know that, uh, as, as I've often said, the correct answer is yes. So, but, but you know that's that's really the thing. It's like, do I believe that that God has uh, has put His love on me, and that that I personally have been washed in His blood, born again of His Spirit, and that I've got my ticket, I've got my golden ticket, I'm going to get on the train and and i have a destination uh and i'm going to pass through the pearly gates and and uh, walk the streets of gold do i really believe that or do i do i think that i'm do i believe i should say that that i am uh, a hanger on that will just sort of is just kind of skulking along the outskirts and hoping to just kind of get in unnoticed and uh or just hope that God will just kind of be like, all right, give me a pass, you know? Um, because if, if that's what you think, if that's what you believe, then uh, you know, then you know, we should pray together because you know, really, God is as you know, salvation is really a certain thing. Yes, you could lose it. Yes, you could let the inside, the outside, or your inside man wither and die. You could. And you can you can turn around and, and walk away from God, but um, you know if if you have been called by God, if you're in this place and God has brought you here, then uh, you know you have to believe that that God loves you, and and uh, it's an interesting thing to come to, to really come to that conclusion because you know you. You know, when I when I first came here, I remember just looking around at everybody and thinking how perfect everybody was and how they all seemed like they just they had all their duckies in a row and this is like wow this is you know it's like they'd smile and a little and, you know and and everything was just so perfect and then I I started getting to know people and I was like wow they're all just as screwed up as I am sweet we're in the right place and um, you know but that's um, but that, that's the glory of God that He takes that and, and He makes it into what only He could make it. That's what perfection is. It's not about the like like Ron says. It's not about not needing a shower and and uh, you know you look perfect all the time. It's not that. It's it's that sense of God does this stuff in me and He's the Potter. I'm the clay and and He knows how to get me where I'm going. So. So in verse 6, here in Hebrews 4, he says, Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limits a certain day, saying, in David, today, after so long a time, as it said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not afterwards spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. So again, that passage is a little rambling to me. It's it's a little hard to follow. There's no parentheses here, but at the end of verse 6, you've got a colon. So, he's going to explain something here in these uh, these next couple of verses. So, I'm going to skip over 7 and 8. I'm going to read that again. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. So, um so then he's again he he underscores this sense of not entering into this this rest because of unbelief the the great thing about uh about belief about faith is that it's so fuzzy it's so it's so ethereal and immeasurable that um, you, know, you you all have an adversary that loves to pick at all of you about it. Me too. It's like, you know, because he wants you to get out the dipstick and, and you know it's like are you it's like, man, you seem like you might be a court low on faith. You know, and uh it's like you get the dipstick out and there's just like it's just fuzzy. It's like, I don't know. You can't you know, you can't measure it like that. Um because, of course, faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. And uh, so it's interesting because it's not something that, it's not a muscle that you could flex. It's not something that you just, there it is, I got it. Here, see? You know, and you can't just strain and grunt and, and somehow produce faith. It doesn't work that way. And so, you know, faith, of course, is a fruit of the Spirit something that comes from god but it begins with a choice from you it becomes from this choice of what am i you know what am i going to believe what am i going to choose to believe and that that's the, the glory and the disaster of of faith because you can choose to believe something that is totally bizarre and uh, or totally wrong or something that's really, really close, but not quite. You know, and, and that's the thing that the enemy likes the most. He likes to get you really close, but not quite, because then it's you're that much more difficult to to get moved from that place into the place that that, uh, that God would have you. So, so he says here that um, in verse eight, he says, "If Joshua had given them rest, he would not have afterwards spoken of another day." Because, of course, Joshua did bring them into the promised land. And they did take part of the land. And, again, Daniel did this great study yesterday with the kids about, like, the first half of Judges. And uh just kind of this big overview. It's really cool. But he's, it starts out in Judges telling you all of these people that, that the Israelites didn't push out of the land, that they didn't get rid of. And It doesn't say they couldn't. It just says they didn't. And then... uh And then you would think, you know, I'm one of those people that I'm I'm not good at teaching somebody how to do something with their hands. Uh, It's just easier for me to just be like, just get out of the way, I'll I'll do it, I'll do it. And uh, another good reason that I had to just like stop painting and hire people to do it. So I'm not there to be like, no, I'll just do it. But um, you would think that God would would have just gone ahead and said, well, you know, I promised them this land, here they are, they've... They've done great. They fought all these guys. Look at this. I'm just going to push everybody else out for him. No, he, he says that he left them there to prove them with them, to see if they would follow his ways or not. So, uh, so you know Joshua did indeed bring them into the into this this rest as far as he brought them into it, to the promised land. But there was still all these nations there, and so that's why. So he says that Joshua didn't, hadn't given them rest, and so he spoke of another day. So therefore, there remains therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. I like this word ceased because it's very similar to the same word for rest. And it literally means to settle down or to colonize. And so, uh, so we can... You know, it, I, I just I like how that communicates the sense of what God's intention is. It's like rest is not this. I, he didn't intend for it to be this elusive thing that we're always grasping towards. This is the place He planned for you to to colonize. This is the place He planned for you to settle down and lay your head at night. And uh, and so He says that that he that's entered into His rest has also ceased from his own works and. Uh, you know, who knows that isn't a great thing. You know, we had a couple of the guys in the office Friday afternoon and I was just spent for the week. I was ready to go home and I knew that, uh knew that they were going to be working on this project on Saturday. And so, you know, who doesn't have plane crash survivor syndrome about leaving people to work on Saturday and you're going to go home, you know. It's like, well, all right, well, I'm going home now. See you all. You know, but, uh, um, I I, had, I was totally ready to cease for my own work. So that's a good feeling. It's like, I'm so done working for this week. I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm going to ignore my phone. I'm not going to check my email. I'm going to pretend that work doesn't exist. And uh, that's an awesome feeling. Rest. You know? And, uh, of course, I did get a phone call at like 10 after 8 in the morning that I answered. But uh, it was important. But anyway. Um, but it said that, that entering into his rest, that he that's entered into his rest has ceased from his own works as God did from His. So, so God said every He He put everything together and set everything in motion, and then He rested. And then, of course, like I said, um, we don't see things like it's all just set and done. We we have this tendency to to see everything as all changeable and always changing and moving and not set and that's the great thing about faith you know i mean there are things that that of course prayer changes and and uh and and faith can could see that well this is this doesn't have to be the end result of this it could be something better um you know and that that's the you know the, i think the the tragedy of Judging after the flesh, when you see something in somebody's life, it's like, oh, if they got this, you know, brother so and so has got such and such going on, and he did such and such, and then they said this, and, and all that, and it's easy to focus down on that, and, and, and forget about what faith would say, that, but God's a potter, that God's a savior, and he knows how to fix it. And, uh, so, you know, faith then, and you know what he's talking about here it it has the sense of you know my destination is set and and I'm going to get there because God's going to get me there, not because I could get myself there um, and so he says here in eleven, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief." And uh, I, I've always enjoyed how uh, that that choice of words, laboring to enter in to rest, because um, that doesn't mean work really hard till Friday afternoon and then stop. It, it's there's this sense of uh, again we have this adversary that, that's going to push at you and pick at you, and and tell you, well, you know, surely you you know. You can't just rest about this thing. You have to do something about this thing, right? It's like, well, sometimes I, I allow myself to be drawn into those arguments. Like, well, what am I supposed to do about it? You know? And then, of course, he has all these ideas of things you could do about it. I'm like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> I'm just going to trust God to fix it for me. And, uh, um, but it can indeed be a labor. You know, like, like Ron said, take a, you know, take a 24-hour period and every, every thought of, you know, every, like, negative, unbelieving, I don't know how this is going to work out or, you know, God doesn't love me kind of thought and just, like, stomp on it immediately like a big, nasty spider. Wow. And, you know, and, and try that just Consistently for 24 hours, and it's exhausting. You know, everybody knows that using your brain is more exhausting than than working really hard sometimes, not all the time. But um, it's really interesting to try that and see how often uh, those kinds of thoughts get thrown at you and and how often it's, or how easy it can be to just, yeah, probably, you know it you know it's way easier to to just accept it than it is to to fight against it those those negative things, those those accusations of, of the devil. You know. And I think there's some finesse there, you know, as far as sometimes, you know, when you have a bully, you, you can't just keep answering back everything they, they say. Sometimes you have to just ignore them. And uh and so that, that works well also. But I like this uh, verse 11 because he says, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And this word unbelief, it comes from uh, a root word that means unpersuadable. And so um, there's this sense in of faith that begins with, with being persuaded. It's like... Uh, and, and God does that to us throughout our life. He'll He'll continually persuade you, give you these reasons to to trust Him, and then uh, and then when we we come into these these rest places, because not all of these rest places are um, these idyllic, utopian, wonderful, you know, sunshine makes me happy kind of places. Some of them are are very difficult places. Like what we talked about the other night with uh, uh, David. And he ends up getting uh, all those priests killed at Nob. And then he's, he has to rest in the fact that God loves him, in the fact that God is going to take care of him. That's definitely not a bright, sunshiny kind of day. But it's rest. And so we come to those places. Um, but David had to allow God to persuade him that that he could be trusted, that he would take care of him, And uh, and so that's what he did. So here in verse 12, he says, For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. And the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. And Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. All things are naked and opened to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So... I don't know about you, but for a long, long time, that to me was kind of this little standalone, cherry-picked verse. That because it, I mean, it does stand by itself really nicely, and and is really insightful about what the Word of God is and what it does. But when you put it in this context, that this is where He puts it, it it, uh, it kind of gives you a different sense because He's talking about. Falling after this example of unbelief, being unpersuadable, and and then he says, "But the word of God," or actually he says, "For the word of God," which of course then you have the sense of it. Uh, he's he's connecting the two and explaining it that the word of God divides down between all that stuff, and and that's what the word of God will do when you when you feel the sense of. Uh, Oh, I just don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I, I, I just, I don't, you know, all of those those kinds of things. The, the word of God divides between your your thoughts and, and what the Spirit man would say. Because you have to go back to, to the word of God in those moments, and that's that's where this sense of entering into the rest. Really that's where the rubber really meets the road because because you have to try those thoughts right everything that that comes at you it's like well you know you're you're just a big you know ball of whatever you know and it's like well what does the word of God say about that you know, that's that's the rub right there that's the the thing that you fight back with because and that's where that's another piece of that that laboring to enter into his rest it's like well i I could just accept that that i'm a big horrible person or i could say well what does the word of god say about me what does the word of god say about who i am what does the word of god say about who i am because of him in him and uh and what does it say about his love about me it's like you know like well it's like, well, God doesn't love you. Well, he says that uh he loved the world. He loved the whole world and I would be in there somewhere, I'd imagine, among the you know, six billion people or whatever it is that there are on the planet, I must be one of them. Uh, and he said the him that comes to me I will know why wise cast out and uh I mean there's just I could go on and on and on and on and on. And so that's that's that laboring to enter into his rest. And so uh I like that he puts that right here about about the word of God, uh, implying that that is the way to uh, labor to enter into His rest. Um, you know, as I was reading this yesterday, I was thinking about Matthew 11, where He says, "You know, come to Me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." And and so I thought I would go read that, and I did. And interestingly enough, that word for rest is uh, is not the same. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a different word, and it has to do uh, with, a, it's a more temporary, transient kind of word than, than what he's talking about here in Hebrews 4. Because in Hebrews 4, he ha- this kind of has, this word for rest has a sense of permanence to it. Because if you, if you, you, know, you have an abode or a dwelling place somewhere fairly permanent, if, if you go and colonize someplace fairly permanent you, you don't intend to go anywhere and so and that's the rest that he's talking about here entering into that rest literally meaning to settle or colonize and in in Matthew 11 it's this it's like a rest so that you can more in the sense of what we think of as rest where you where you, you take a break. And you get recharged and refreshed, and and uh, and so and so that's what he says. there. He's like, if, you know, if you are feeling burdened, laboring, uh, then you know, come to me, and I will refresh you. I'll give you rest in the sense of we'll take a break, and uh, and and that's that's what prayer does. That's what the spending that time with Him, the Word of God does. Is, is it's like that break, that rest that you get refreshed and. Ready to uh, face face life again. So I thought that was really interesting, though, that how the difference between those two. Because in English we just we just read it all as rest, and and yet he's he's kind of talking about two different things in, in those two passages, and uh, and you need both, you know, as, as you're heading towards this place of you know colonizing the promised land, as it were. Uh, you're going to need you're going to need that rest of just recharging and, and refreshing. So, of course, he does both. And uh, but what I like so much about Hebrews four here is that it really it makes it plain that that coming to this place that, that God is is bringing His people to the place that He's promised to take you to has nothing to do with what you do. It has nothing to do with how good you are at anything with your ability to do anything it's all about this sense of belief you know and Paul said that he was persuaded that 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 the things that God promised he was able to perform that that if he committed something to God that God was going to get it done you know it's it's awesome when you have if you know somebody that if i hand this to them it will happen like if I ask them to do this, it will happen. And you know, uh, like I said, I, you know, our business is a really great example. We've got some guys that's just you just hand them this stuff and it goes away. It's just done. You never hear about it ever again. And I like that, I like that a lot. And that is, you know, that's what we can, what we do. We we hand these things off to the Lord to handle. We trust Him with these issues. You know. Uh, I, I loved what Ron said on Wednesday night about how he used to preach that you know, trusting in the flesh was all about like trusting your income and your insurance and and all of that kind of stuff and and how God was like well it could be that I never thought of that I was actually thinking more about you and your ability to serve me yeah. and you know the thing is I, I wish I could remember who it was I read this great quote and I, and I can't remember it well enough to quote it right but he's like this guy said you know if you you know, uh, you know, if, if you struggle to, to trust God with those, you know, a ter- the, those temporary things, the, the, the needs that you have today, the Matthew 6 kind of needs, if, if you wrestle with that, and, you know, I think we, we all have to wrestle through those things. But he says that, you know, we, we think, we don't think much of trusting God for our eternal salvation, but we wrestle about, is he gonna, you know, fill my cabinets up? you know is he, is he going to pay my my light bill and and all that and, and and we we kind of have it backwards you know because you know trusting him for the eternal salvation is really the 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 thing that we we want to have uh, on lockdown you know and um and that's that's what this sense of of rest is about is coming into that place of trusting him to get it done not not on our ability to get it done um uh, because if if you you know if you look at how you're doing or or your uh uh or how you you think you're doing you know then uh it's really easy to get off of this path and and then you suddenly find yourself you know on the hamster wheel again and uh so uh it's it's really interesting you know to not you know, not look at how you're doing and not have that be the thing that tells you that you're okay or not. You know, and, and again, that's why he put this verse in here about the Word of God because uh, you look at how you're doing based on what does the Word of God say. And so, and of course, it, and it is a mirror. If there's something there, if you have something on your face, then just wash it off. No big deal. Get, get the things squared away, but but the Word of God tells you that you're His workmanship, and that that you're created in Christ Jesus under good works, wherein too He has foreordained that you should walk in them. So so you have this this great thing set up and this great destination, and uh, and I think it's just it's important for us to continually have those reminders that you're not going to get there on your own your own efforts, your own merits, your own steam, but but God has all of these things in hand. So, Jesus, we just thank You for Your Word to us. Yes. and uh, We thank You for Your great faithfulness. And we just pray that today You would do in us as only You could. These very things, God, we want to have both the refreshing uh, rest that You talked about in Matthew 11, God, and we want to enter into this this rest, this this permanent colonization, God, of, of living in the land of Your promises, Jesus. Yeah, you know, we just pray that you would do these things in us, God, as only you can. And we're, we're looking to you. Yeah, we're trusting in you. Mm-hmm. God, and I just I pray that uh, that our faith would not fail, God, but that we would each have uh, a heart that is persuadable by your word. Mm-hmm. We ask it and pray it in your holy, righteous name, God. Today, in this place, meet every need. God, refresh every heart, yeah. God, and do as only you can do. In